0: world schooling, unschooling, alternative schooling, homeschooling, or just creating a whole new style of learning. Welcome to the podcast, and welcome to episode 161. So I do want to remind you that if you are in this unique learning journey in the beginning, halfway through, somewhere near the end or wherever you just happen to be and you're looking for a little bit more insight or a refresh or reset, then there's lots of places to get that. One of the places is my newsletter. You can join for free and get tidbits on my family's life and what we're up to, insights, Questions answered, and also other links and resources that we've been enjoying along the way. So you can sign up on my website or through my Instagram bio. And another place to get support and insight is through my Patreon community. Really, it's accessible. I keep it low to make it as accessible as possible. I offer a monthly live Q and A. We do it via Zoom. Plus, it's a, a direct link to me to ask questions to get answers or to share any of your thoughts. Plus, I offer extra tidbits, downloads and freebies and videos and things like that as well for my patrons. So just go to patreon.com slash homeschooling the kids, or you can go to my website under join community and join from there. Or, as I usually do, I'll link everything in my show notes. (laughs) So, this episode is with Josh Davidson. And it was actually a great episode because I really wanted to talk about technology, things like AI, and how our world is changing and being defined by technology, especially our learning life. Josh Davidson is the founder and managing director of Knight Zookeeper, the award-winning online language arts program designed to make learning fantastically fun for children's ages 6 to 12. With a dedication to improving online education over the past 12 years, Josh has brought enthusiasm and passion to the field of education, offering an exciting learning experience beyond the confines of traditional classrooms. Josh's pioneering spirit emerged during his MA in digital art, making him one of the trailblazers in the United Kingdom for this field of study. Leveraging his creative expertise, he has elevated online learning to new heights through Knight Zookeeper. At the forefront of innovation and growth, Josh and the Knight Zookeeper team have continuously pushed the boundaries of online education. Embracing the ever-evolving landscape of technology, they have seamlessly integrated cutting-edge solutions to keep up with the dynamic trend shaping the thriving world of technology and education. As a result, Night Zookeeper has emerged as a pioneer in its field, providing adaptable solutions that redefine the learning experience for children worldwide and encourages children to have fun whilst learning. Enjoy this episode, and I would love to hear your thoughts and feedback. All right, welcome. Today, I have the creator and founder of Night Zookeeper, Josh Davidson, here with me today. Josh, welcome. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So I thought maybe we can begin. If you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, if our listeners are not yet familiar with you or what you do and create.
1: Yeah, of course. So, yes, my name is Josh Davidson. I am the um, creator and one of the co-founders of Night Zookeeper. Um, that's right. It's a zoo at nighttime. Um, I love putting that down uh, when I attend conferences or you know, visitor at school. Night Zookeeper because it always raises an eyebrow. Um, do you look after animals at night? <laughs> and I, I like to I like to say yes um, because in a way we we do. So um, we are guardians of childhood creativity. Um, kids on nightzookeeper.com are inventing their own unique magical animals um, to come and live in our night zoo, and then we ask them to to nurture them uh, by writing stories about them, um, taking them on wild adventures, and um, having a lot of fun learning along the way. Um, so that's the the magical night zoo, um, and I've been working on this now for over ten years. It's become my um you know it feels like my my life's work at this point like it's it's absolutely um uh, a huge expression of a lot of the things that I've believed in um growing up and and then in in, in my early professional career um night zookeeper is um it, yeah it, it it's managing to both be something that I would have loved as a child um and something that um I'm really excited about as we Move forward into um, an unknown future.
0: Mm, Okay, I love the guardian of childhood creativity. Okay, so one quick question: What about it would you have loved when you were a child?
1: Um, So the the, the fundamental premise of Night Zookeeper is that we ask the very first sort of lesson, if you will, is guiding a child through the to the creation of a unique character, which is a, a magical animal, and as a kid. Um, one of my earliest memories actually is writing a story about a fox that could fly, a flying fox going on a journey, um, and it went into my notepad. And of course, the first few pages were in my very best handwriting, and it got a little bit wobbly towards the end. But it, clearly, I was putting a lot of love and passion into this um, this character that I created. And I th- I feel like what Night Zookeeper um, brings to, to to a young Josh is that that story can live beyond that book. Other kids can learn about your characters that you come up with. They can give you comments and encourage you to say, you're a fantastic writer. I loved reading this story. Um, And sort of just really sort of um, continue that motivation and that love for creativity by giving you that platform. Um, But also it's the, the game aspects that... Sort of draw out even more so i think i had a you know a pretty basic story about a fox that threw from place to place to place um and i think that when kids start to learn uh you know new words or they get proud about their grammar or they feel like they've learned different story structures they realize that they can play with that tool set within their minds and they start to really really fall in love with um storytelling and that's um i think I think that's a really basic human uh, gift that we're able to do that, that we're able to weave together stories. And um, I love the fact that a young Josh um, who was already interested in that would now on Night Zookeeper be able to take that to a whole new level.
0: Mm, Okay. Okay. That's very clear. So then I think, um, you know, it's an important point to note if if you're listening and you're not already familiar with Night Zookeeper, I definitely encourage you to to go and check it out. Really, it it nurtures, like you said, nurtures creativity, um, story, storytelling, creating and creating characters. Um, And really, in so many ways, I think helps kids to share their own narrative in that way, which is really, really important the difference most likely for when you were younger <laughs> and now is that it's online. It's really gamified right. as well. Like you yeah. said, bringing yeah. the game, the fun aspect to that. So I think, you know, for today's world, that mm-hmm. is extremely relevant and important. Why, why do you, why did you first look at it at as a classroom in-person component or were you immediately drawn to the online Um, component of it
1: so I did a master's in digital um, art and night zookeeper or the nighttime zookeeper as it was at the time um was a digital project essentially I realized that with the internet you could collaborate with others um in new and interesting ways and um I guess I was always very interested in the hybrid side of this um, in the sense that you could have an art lesson and the kids could get out their paints and produce the most expressive, wonderful paintings of these creations and then we could immortalize them, you know we could bring them into the website, show them that the screen um, the screens in front of them are not just decided by adults that they can, see their creation on the screen, their ideas can be part of this new medium. Um, or it was at the time when I was creating a very new medium now, it was it's ubiquitous. But the, at the time it was about making sure that kids understood that they could impact what they were seeing on screens before you know anyone even had thought about the word coding uh, and that aspect. Um, and I think it remains important I, I, in the sense that you don't have to be a coder to be expressive online. There, there is a, such a proliferation of tools. And, and it's just one of those really early eye-opening moments for a child to see something that they've designed online or offline on the screen in front of them um, as something that's come from them. They're not just consuming, they're creating.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it, it's also interesting as well because you know the creation aspect of what it brings to it, um, the uh connection aspect and, and and being using modern day tools. Um you know I think there's there is a researcher that I love as a, an unschooling parent, Peter Gray, Dr. Peter Gray, and he has this fantastic book, Free to Learn. And he's a huge advocate of self-directed learning, but free play, like unstructured mm, free play exactly. for kids. And he talks a lot about the importance of childhood is a time to in play is to use the tools of the generation or, um, you know, whatever they may be. He, he goes back to hunter-gathering days and using the tools of the community. Many times kids right. replicate that in, in their play. Right. They're, they're building their steps to that adulthood. Nowadays, those tools are, it's like technology, it's online, it's computers, all of those things. So that is important, um but i also i also hear about dangers as well the worry of using technology as a learning tool using technology as an educational tool um or even for entertainment what are your thoughts on that
1: i mean it's a huge uh, it's a huge area i think you know the fundamentally actually, i just remember as well last time we spoke we, i think we talked about peekaboo Mm -hmm. That's one of the foundations of play and learning because I had a very young baby at the time. Now I've got another young baby, a slightly older baby, (laughs) Um, but I've been on this journey. And what struck me um, when you were, you know, describing that process of play um, from the hunter gatherers all over is of course, most parents have this experience. You keep buying toys for your kids, but fundamentally the most fun is with the stuff that is yours. (laughs) Like, my little one will love running around with my car keys. I don't know where my car keys will end up, but they want to play with the car keys. What, what adults value and use are what the little ones very quickly recognize as what they want to play with. Um, so fundamentally, I think that's part of where, you know, great uh, learning through play comes from because of the extra engagement and the fact that the child is that much more cognitively focused on that activity because it's it's exciting um and so using things that are relevant to the to the family becomes the best way to do that. Mm-hmm. So let's take that thought into the second part of the question around technology. And I, you know, we always are as a society, as a as a race, worried about latest leaps and what that means um for 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 things i mean and fundamentally remember my my uh creation of night zookeeper was in part a reaction to the fact that i felt sitting um down in front of the tool the creativity tools that i saw at the time that there was such a restriction on self-expression because it was during that time where maybe you know a game would offer four different characters for kids to choose from. You know, and forget about representation and diversity, just creatively, that's appalling because a kid was suddenly being said, this is all you can be, these are your four choices. It's like a you know keyboard that can only play preset songs. It's not letting the kid represent themselves and be creative and express themselves. So that was a thing that I was rallying against. And of course, there was a creative, there was a technical leap that enabled kids to play those games in the first place. It was just imperfect. It was an imperfect leap. And then humanity, um, people like me, uh, created our own little solutions to that problem. So I said, okay, I think fundamentally drawing and writing is still really essential to us as human beings. I need to find a way of encouraging that classic traditional uh, form of self-expression in the digital age. That's Night Zookeeper. Somebody else said, I think that games could be fundamentally more creative. So I'm going to build a bunch of toolkits that are like a digital Lego, and that's Minecraft. And then you have your Roblox, and Roblox has a lot of problems, but um, you know, they have fashion shows in Roblox now. So it's it has given those tools for complete um, you know, representation of the child's um, ideas and who they want to be, and letting them… certainly it's it's proliferated the creative tools that that didn't exist before. So there's a positive approach. The world that… I guess what I'm saying is, as we have these leaps, it's absolutely right to recognise that there are dangers and there are problems, and some of them are really loud and clear, and some of them are more subtle. But as a species, humans are pretty good at identifying things that don't touch our um, souls as as right and then finding solutions to evolve it. Um, and I think that p- parents are doing that on a daily basis, you know, whenever they're looking at things um, that are available to their kids, they're trying to decide if their kid's going to be interested and it's going to be safe and it'll be right for their kids. and then you know some of then going that step further and thinking how can I modify this? How could this become useful for my kid? How could this help us? Um, so I guess that's a roundabout way of saying um, yes, there are dangers. Um but we have so we have to be mindful. Um and we have to either be seeking out solutions to the problems that we're recognizing, or um we have to make our own.
0: Mm, absolutely. You know, I I appreciate that because I think so often (laughs) we something like our children uh, and things are surrounding them, uh, things like technology right now, because it is has become such a large part of everyday life. The first thing we jump to is fear often And and we go to the side of everything that could go wrong. Every, like the worst possible scenario. And I'm not saying that that doesn't ever happen because obviously it does. I think sometimes we forget statistically the, you know, how, like, is that really, it's going to happen to 90% 90 of the kids? Is it going to happen to 1%? Um, But also what I appreciate is that you look at it as the way that we learn and evolve that yep, yep. we human beings are usually often faced with a problem and what we often do is come up with a solution. So at the time there might be some fear or uncomfortableness or not knowing, but we we need that to figure it out and to make yep, it better. Yep. And that we're yep. also just not, we and our kids are not innocent bystanders, just hoping that we're not flapping in the wind and something hits right. us, but there's nothing we can right. do that we right, can right. take proactive action to yep. make it better.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 we will continue to do that. So I don't, I don't worry, um, as, as much as maybe I, I would have done if I haven't had this personal experience and journey. Um, but of course I, 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 I have a father of two babies who will one day be grown up, um, you know, teenage as and, and go through all of those journeys. There's, we don't always get it right. And uh, as, as a human race, there is huge or issues <laughs> uh, uh, or, or as parents, absolutely. And and um, so, you know, you don't want to you don't want to jump to fear. You want to jump to the solution and, and then be quite um, forceful, I feel like, towards those solutions. Like, I mean, I'm just taking, you know, take the dark example of, you know, now countless studies on the impact of social media on um, on young people it's shocking and it's obviously led to so much human tragedy. And then we don't yet have a solution to, to stopping, you know, people who shouldn't be on 12 plus platforms being on 12 plus platforms. Um, I, it, it, yeah. And so that's where you get disappointed uh, and you do end up probably shutting down a whole bunch of things um, and saying, well, we just don't, we won't use it. We won't, we won't, we won't go into that, that hole. Um, so I guess that remaining mindful, doing all of those things that we, we just talked about in terms of like, how could you adapt? Is there certain things that, that we can, um, we can take from this and make work for us, um, in the education, you know, just in general in life. Um, but also, you know, it's, politics is the only level that this works at, like trying to identify to MPs and uh, MPs in the UK, obviously you have a, a representation for, for, for different, um, different government uh, systems in, in the US and Canada and such. But ultimately, our um, we, we have a voice. We have to express where we have concern. We make sure that the policies are changing so that companies adapt because you can't always trust uh, companies, especially companies that are um, purely based around revenue and profit, um, make the right tool for our kids. Um, I, I, I do believe you need government systems. It's a bit of an aside in a in, in a way, but I, I just wanted to add that caveat because I do think that fundamentally um it's a mixed solution between you know people people finding um uh, ways of communicating their problems to um you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I feel like I've got a bit negative there. Yeah, but I no. just wanted to make that point. Yeah.
0: No, I think it's a good point because it's also a part of being proactive, right? If you depending right. where Live and how much of a democratic voice you have or a voice within your political system. I think often people don't realize actually how much of a voice they can, um, they have and that they can exercise. And that's another avenue to be proactive um, if that's a point of concern for you. So, and I think we should get that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One thing is I do find that, you know, with the homeschooling community, (laughs) sometimes it is you have... Very strong advocates who do really understand that role and write and exercise that to advocate um, for homeschooling, for learning, for education, for certain things on that way. And then you have some who are like, I'm just going to, I'm stepping out because I choose to step out. I'm either overwhelmed, it really hasn't worked, so we're just going to, you know, step away for a however yeah. much time so that we can do things our way and then maybe right. back in, or um, if it's going well, continue to navigate our way. So um, yeah, it, it's,
1: that's wonderful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, that's just another way that we can be proactive in that too. So right. seeing, seeing something like from your experience, night zookeeper that works here, you know, your, your, you children really, that's like right. it's 12 and under really is your age. That's right.
1: Yeah. Um, it's fun, fun, fun for the odd 40 year old. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Dominantly.
0: <laughs> but the kids are, um, there is kind of a community as well. You, you, you're you creating your characters, you're writing your stories, you're practicing, um, you know, grammar. There's all different ways that you can practice your reading and writing skills, your your literacy yes. skills. Yeah, absolutely. You know, creativity in so many ways. How, and I'm thinking about the reference to companies. Yeah. And online, especially when your focus is children. And yes. we're talking about the um the good and the bad. And mm-hmm. especially with something like education and and as platforms are growing, how do you see, you know, with Night Zookeeper, how have you seen that evolve and change? How have you seen um and, and how do you see as your company to keep kind of at the forefront? Has it had to change a lot since, I guess, the beginning of your master's when you right. were creating this to now? Yes. What has been yep. the difference and what has been the reaction to those changes of having an yep. online platform? Yeah.
1: Um, so I guess the, f- the first thing to say is that the, um, the original vision for Night Zookeeper, as per my master's and where I'm coming from, was very focused on the creative side. Mm. I wanted to make something that was purely um, uh, about letting kids have big ideas, letting them communicate those ideas, being proud of their ideas, encouraging and nurturing that creativity. The business reality um, was that I really struggled to find a sufficient economic (laughs) uh, business model there Um, I I didn't get the level of uh, customers that would have needed to sustain a company Um, it wasn't until we could turn Night Zookeeper into a full language arts curriculum um, and began selling to to schools homeschools um, everything that Night Zookeeper was doing um, on that uh, you know pure solution that i managed to sort of slip the creativity under the under the bonnet and 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 exactly. therefore it, it it came it came with it um, and, and i think fundamentally the success of that language arts curriculum is that it's not a standard language arts curriculum yeah. and you know you can buy um buy many of those both digital and you know physical but the fact that a parent would seek out night zookeeper is they're looking to make it fun for their kids. They're looking to draw them into language arts, potentially, in a, in a way that other curriculums aren't. Um, but also, um, it's all about engagement. It's all about the kid. And what Night Zookeeper is doing in, in keeping that creative core is keeping the child's enthusiasm and their own imagination at the centre of the experience. And so that hasn't changed um, throughout. It's sort of embedded in the company as our, um, you know, as our core mission is empowering kids' ideas, getting them thinking and excited, and then giving their ideas um, as big a platform as possible. That's why kid ideas can end up in the Night a book series, which we developed with Oxford University Press, or can end up on the TV show, which was broadcast on Sky um, TV. And it's a kids' ideas. This, the kids that are coming up with this stuff and recognizing that they they need those language art skills, they need to be able to communicate um, effectively. Um, and you know that means being really good at spelling it means being able to read really well and being able to write really well, which is what mm-hmm. nightki teaches them. but it gives them the why, um, which obviously becomes, a louder and louder question in kids' uh, kids' minds as they, they get older. Um, and the why is incredibly clear with Naizuki because you have those opportunities.
0: Right, and I think that's often missed is giving them the why. It's just giving yeah. them, often becomes just giving them this instructions and right. assignment and here you got to do it. But the right. why is very much, And
1: that's where gamification, you know, um, through all its bells and whistles, is ultimately seen through if it doesn't have, you know, kids are so you know, kids dream in games nowadays. Like they're they're surrounded by games. So if you've got an educational product that's got a game in it, great, but it's it's just another game. And actually it's probably not as much fun as the other games that they're playing. Um Hide Zookeeper works not because of the leaderboard or the high scores on the spelling game or anything like that. It's because they Kids buy into the idea that they're improving their language art skills so that they can become a writer or they can get that idea that they've had featured on the website or they can get it something into the TV show. Like that is, that is a whole, uh, you know, it's a whole other level
0: of, yeah. of
1: game. Uh, and it, it's, we talk actually right at the beginning, we talk about kids playing with adult things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A TV show is an adult thing. Book is an adult thing. They are getting to play with real stuff, not with made up stuff or, you know, numbers in a mathematical system where everybody is getting carrots or points or whatever.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, then they can be recognized in. The adult world, I think anybody, especially kids, and I think that sometimes what we miss as adults, that kids still want to be validated and recognized. And we we dismiss them often in the things that we do because, oh, you're just kids. But really, just like us, they want to be, like, have meaning. And what they create to be validated that, yes, it's meaningful too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being included in, like, a TV show, um, you know, books, things like that as well. Like you said, it's like the ultimate gaming level it's really gaming right. it it is right. gamification, but then at the same yeah. time it's also like um here's that recognition in the world oh. that we often yeah. call quote-unquote the real world which right. we, we, It's funny how we, we all live like, in the
1: real world yeah. we all live
0: in the real world right and we like we're like oh we're getting you ready for the real world Although they must think like, but aren't I part, you know, how am I separate from the real world? That yeah. you're when,
1: when does that real world start? Yeah. You know, what, 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 is there a countdown clock? When, yeah. when am I entering? <laughs> when am I going through that portal? Nice. Yeah, no, exactly.
0: Mel Science is a subscription service that offers a range of educational resources and hands-on experiments for homeschooling families. If you're looking for an exciting and interactive way to teach science, Mel Science is a great option and you're in luck because Mel Science is offering a 60% discount on your first box for all honey I'm homeschooling the kids listeners. Mel Science just launched a space subscription which is perfect for homeschooling families who want to explore the universe and inspire their kids to become future astronauts or space scientists. Mel Science offers an incredible array of science experiments and educational resources designed to help children and adults learn about the universe in a fun and engaging way. From chemistry to physics, medicine to STEM, Mel Science subscription boxes are packed full of exciting experiments and activities that will inspire and educate. These boxes are a perfect way to give homeschooling kids a practice with the hands-on boxes and get them involved in science activities. With Mel Science, you'll get all the materials needed for each experiment, including detailed instructions and educational materials that explain the scientific concepts behind each experiment. This makes it easy for homeschooling parents to teach science to their children in an engaging and fun way. So, if you're looking for a fun and educational activity to do with your kids, Mel Science is a great choice. And don't forget to take advantage of the 60% discount for your first box and start exploring the fascinating world of science with Mel Science today. Just go to the link in my show notes and use the promo code MEL60, capital mel L um, six zero.
1: 0 And, you know, and even on the most fundamental level, what I, I mentioned earlier about getting comments from other kids, everything a kid... Writes on Night Zookeeper, um, you know, has a chance of getting a comment from a peer group, but also from a tutor. So the tutors are reviewing your child's writing and they are giving them some pointers. And, you know, in a very positive way, they are pointing out some of the things that are, you know, could be improved in Mm -hmm. your kid's writing. And psychologically, this is huge because so many um, particularly homeschoolers have that, um, you know, relationship challenge with the kid where the, the, the kid just says no, or, or doesn't want to hear it from the parent. Like they've just reached that point where they, they can't take criticism. They don't want, they know they don't want to do language arts and it's just a brick wall, but to have, you know, one of our tutors or lovely people, um, review your work and say, oh, I love this. It was fantastic. By the way, you've you did misspell this bit and it would be nice if there was an extra paragraph in here and kids just take it like they're just like oh of course oh that's a great idea I can I can improve from that because it's just coming from a different angle and they've had some praise from this person that they don't know it's not a not a teacher or that it's in their system or a a parent that's saying this they've had some praise so they believe the praise number one and They'll take the criticisms that aren't really critical. You know, they'll take the pointers, I should say. They'll take the pointers and and move on happy that they've learned something and that they're getting better. And that's just, uh, uh, you know, as you as said, that's, that's living in the real world. That's having a recognition that there is somebody beyond their immediate circle that is invested in them and it cares about them and wants them to get better at writing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, 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 I think that's that's one of the magic tricks that Raj pulls off.
0: So I think what's nice about online and digital learning is then it also gives access to a broader amount or like a broader range or more people in order to do that. And how, like, how, what how do you see how do you see the interaction of digital learning, artificial intelligence, um technology further impacting education and learning that maybe we are coming close to as well that we might, we might just be on the cusp of we maybe are not yet there or you see, okay, there's going to be a lot of growth coming in this area. There's going to be more interaction, um, in different communities or creativity skills. I don't, I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know what, what else do you see coming our way?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, if we take AI, so obviously it's a hot topic and, um, (laughs) I mean, it, it should be causing a lot of conversations in our education systems, um, not least the exam um, systems. But fundamentally, our our conversation earlier talked about how every new generation, there is a new technology. And, and I, I do believe that there is something f- fundamentally um, new in the generative AI and certainly the general ai that that will one day exist um what it means for humanity um projecting and thinking forward about job markets is something that's been talked about for for many years um i think daniel pink was one of the first books i read um talking about future of um the workplace and and the importance of creativity and all all I can um, sort of add to those thoughts is that it's it's here. Um, je- AI will be able to do most um, boring jobs. <laughs> uh, boring is just, uh, maybe not the right word, but most um, most jobs that can be boiled down to simple tasks um, will be able to be done by a computer um, at some point. In the future and it is always not in, in every different industry it's you know it's like like self-driving cars it's always further away than you think it's going to be but it but it will be in our kids future absolutely um so what does that mean it, it means you should nurture your child's humanity their creativity their empathy their growth mindset all these words that have become buzzwords in education. For, for good reason but but remained um secondary considerations of how traditional education systems um have been recognized by teachers and parents as fundamental recognizing the individual child you know looking at them and how how to support these these things are the future it, it, it in in no doubt now that that if you've got a child that is resilient and is always learning and is in touch with their creativity and their inner voice, has great empathy to to other ideas um, and, and all of these things that can we can create and foster educational um, programs and um, environments that will prepare children for that future, um, and that should be happening. Now it just should be happening because as I say, we will live in a world where knowing the facts and doing simple tasks isn't enough. You have to be able to, you have to be able to relate to your fellow human beings and use the tool, the tools that will develop and continue to improve, um, to create and, um, item the life experience of other human beings. Cause that's where all value comes from um how what do you contribute to the world um make your contribution as positive and as um you know uh enriching as you can uh, and and of course that's all any parent really wants for their kids and and now that future is is going to be their future in the world because they will be asked to participate within a society where magic happens you know they they you want to write that email? It's done. So, how is your email going to stand out versus every other email that's being sent? That's where you need to think about that. How are you going to stand out? I get a lot of emails now where you can sense we, 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 we humans are, we do have a sixth sense for uh, what's real and what's not, and you know, as clever as um, generative AI. Is it's not general AI. It's just as clever as generative AI is. We're pretty good at spotting it. Um, you know, ah, okay, that salesperson has reached out. He's using a program. I know he's using a program. Versus this person sent me an email. I can feel the humanity in this. I can see the heart in it. They've, maybe they've used a tool to help them get some basics in there, but they've they've had those skills to to make this resonate with me. Um, and and that will always be the always be a valuable skill.
0: Yeah, it's that's so true. And it's funny because I think that is the fear is that we're going to lose our humanity. But that's the right. important part that's going to keep us relevant, I guess, in so many that's ways.
1: Exactly, exactly right. but we, we, they can't, you know, these tools don't take it away. They um, right. they heighten it. They heighten the need for it.
0: It, it um,
1: you know, and they replace themselves. The you know one day, um, you know we won't be not, not not selling vision Apple Vision Pro here, but we won't be you know sat in a room, you know, crowding around a screen to have this conversation. You know, we, we'll be able to just have this conversation, whether it's in a you know easy virtual environment or what, whatever it is. We'll get back to what makes us closer to what makes us human, and closer to the uh, in the same way that you know kids. Kids shouldn't sit playing on tiny screens on phones. They should be out and about running in fields. And and th- that's where the game should exist and the gamification should exist. And we're starting to get there. It's starting to be closer to what um what's natural to our to our lives. And, and people are working on those problems. And uh, and we'll continue to work on those problems. And we're in an imperfect world and we'll continue to be in an imperfect world. But Every now and then, we'll we'll make a leap that's not just technology for technology's sake, but is a leap towards improving the lives of um,
0: humanity. That's right. Well, I think those are wonderful wor- words of wisdom to leave us with as well, and and positive words too so I really thank you for joining us today Josh I appreciate you taking the time out in the warm oh, UK you so summer <laughs> just about oh, bedtime you so for your much. kids so yeah
1: <laughs> it is it is they'll be disappointed to see me reappear because I'll be, um, <laughs> I'll be taking them for their bedtime now but um but yeah no thank you so much for having me it's been a lovely conversation and um yeah thank you again
0: Thank you. Could you maybe leave us with um a few details on how we can connect with you most likely online <laughs> through our? Well, yes, and about yes. Zookeeper. Uh, I do want are. to say too, just a to plug. my daughter, she's now my youngest is now fourteen, so she's a bit older than the age, but she has like in her later when she was twelve, she has used Night Zookeeper, and she really did enjoy it. And that was what she had said. her um, you know, she felt that it was gamified. And things like, you know, we've never really done formal grammar in our house, but she right. recognized that she was learning grammar. But she said mm-hmm. it didn't feel like this lesson where you have to right. memorize and repeat. Um, she said it. She's like, it was fun. It actually it made it fun. So um, and the digital, it is really quite colorful and creative in that way so it's visually appealing as well um so kudos to you like you've oh, she's, got, well, she's a you hard so one she's got like really <laughs> <laughs> oh, good good. oh
1: brilliant no i mean i i'm i'm overwhelmed actually by the response that my zookeeper has had in general and um it is those you, you never quite know how many people out there share your perspective and you're you know am i making something that's too much for me and uh, are enough people going to get it but yeah when
0: people when kids it. see
1: it mm-hmm. they get it they yep. get it they know what i'm trying to do and they're you know they're, they're quite generous actually kids um if they recognize the core value that something is trying to communicate you know we may not have a generated a, a AAA video game experience that they're they're going to stick into their playstations but we have created a game which we're all super proud of and um you know it lives in the browser at nightzookeeper.com. Um, that um and and it's it's yeah it's embraced by by most kids that try it so i would love it if you're listening and you've got a kid you know between five and twelve please um you know get them on night zookeeper see what they think
0: Fantastic. So, yeah, nightzookeeper.com. And I'll have the links in my show notes as well. Amazing. Amazing. As well. All right. Thank you, Josh. Have a great bedtime. Thank <laughs> bedtime you so much. after this. Yeah, and yeah. I'll be in touch.
1: I'll read them a story, a night zookeeper story. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, t- take care. Thank you so much. Okay.
0: Thank you. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, leave a review or comment. I'd love to hear your thoughts, ideas and reflections on the episode. You can go to the website, imhomeschooling.com or email me directly, robin at imhomeschooling.com.